to a Hope 103.2 podcast. Well, last night we started to unpack and deconstruct the beauty myth that has taken hold of our society. The myth that what the media and fashion industries serve up as role models is an ideal worth pursuing. Who's to blame for our modern obsession with getting skinnier, being more muscle-bound, and generally looking beautiful? Feminist writer Naomi Wolf, in her book The Beauty Myth, argues that men are to blame. Uh, She believes that the unhealthy standards in the fashion industry are created by blokes to make the average woman feel bad about herself and never up to scratch. Wolf calls it a kind of social control, similar to the way the image of the woman in the kitchen kept women under control in the 1950s. Now, one problem with Wolf's theory is how to explain the male version of the beauty myth, the hunk myth. Is this the result of women? Besides, studies show that what most men consider to be the perfect female body is quite a bit fatter than the body envied by most women. One study asked a group of men and women to look at a bunch of photos of different sized girls and then to judge whether the girls were overweight, underweight or perfect. The result was fascinating. The girl judged as perfect by more than 60% of men was judged as overweight by 85% of women. And the girl judged as perfect by 80% of women was judged as underweight by 80% of men. Now, although it's true that many of us guys need to be careful not to place unfair and unhealthy expectations on our female friends, can I underline that? But it does seem a little far-fetched to place the blame for the beauty myth on men. It seems to me there are other factors that contribute to our obsession with having the right look. The first factor is the obvious one, the fashion and advertising industries. Um, Clio magazine once published an article on dieting and eating disorders, and in it there were a couple of very interesting remarks. One of them went like this. By modern standards, Marilyn Monroe's perfect 1950s body now looks like the before shot in a weight loss story. Now, although this was said in a pretty humorous way, the comment is sadly true. Fashion models in the 1950s were, on average, only 8% below that of the ordinary woman. And as I said last night, it's now 23% below the weight of the average woman. Even Cleo had the honesty to admit, quote, that fashion has something to answer for here. One of the strategies of the fashion industry, of course, is this. If you see an item of clothing on a body you wish could be yours, you're more likely to buy that item of clothing. It's this, um, I want to be like her or him desire in us, that makes the money for the industry. For this to work, the model always has to be better than you or me. Slimmer, more beautiful, more muscle-bound. At one level, that's perfectly reasonable. But if models are always one or two steps ahead of us, where is it going to lead? If you can find a fashion magazine from the 1950s or just watch an old Hollywood film, compare what you see there with what we have today. There are exceptions, of course, but generally there's been this gradual thinning of the ideal girl and guy. The fashion industry may not have begun the beauty myth, but it certainly promotes it. Having said all this, I think there's another more powerful factor contributing to our obsession with getting the right look. Many of us have been tricked into thinking small. 
or as a government report exploring all these issues once put it, robbed of a broader meaning to our lives, we appear to have entered an era of mass obsession, usually with ourselves, our appearance, our health and fitness. Let me try and illustrate what I mean. Imagine if somehow I was able to trick you into thinking that the room you are in right now is all there is to reality. Nothing else exists. Um, What do you think would happen? Well, after the initial shock, you would undoubtedly begin to focus only on the things in the room. The painting, the clock, the carpet, the radio, and so on. Eventually, your whole life would revolve around the things in the room, because you now believe that nothing else exists. Well, what if a similar thing happened in society at large? What if the media, fashion industry, education, family and friends somehow convinced us that there was nothing more to life than being popular, owning the right clothes, having the right body shape? What do you reckon would happen? It seems to me that what would happen is exactly what has happened. We'd lose sight of the big things in life and become obsessed with the small. Our constant desire to have the look is one example of this um, shrunk thinking. Now, there was no $33 billion a year diet industry in first century Palestine. There wasn't even a $20 billion a year cosmetic industry. But Jesus spoke words that have powerful significance for the topic we're looking at. He said in Luke 12, 22, Therefore I tell you, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. But seek God's kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. According to Jesus, there is something more to life than meets the eye. That something he calls God's kingdom. It's not so much a place, but a particular relationship between God and his human family. A relationship where God is king and you and I are his children. Last night, I told you about my friend Tiffany, who was in a terrible car accident just as she started to pursue her dream to be a model. She had just got a little modeling portfolio together and then suddenly the dream was gone. But she didn't quite see it like that. I was amazed to discover that while she was in hospital recovering, she became convinced that there was indeed a God who cared for her and valued her life. And she became a Christian. Things didn't get better overnight and she still has many difficulties. She gets depressed from time to time. She misses her old life, particularly the popularity, um, the boys and so on. What she did gain, though, was valuable beyond compare. She gained perspective, a larger view of life. Once she thought looking beautiful was the same as being fulfilled. Now she sees how hollow that was. She now knows that there are far richer things to live for. To recall the analogy I just mentioned, she knows that there is more to reality than just the one room. She sees beyond the door out into the beautiful world outside. She sees what Jesus called God's kingdom. Here's part of a letter she wrote to me a while ago. Notice what it is that motivates and enriches her life. She writes, I couldn't possibly be angry at God. God gave me another go at life to make a better person for myself. 
I feel privileged to be chosen to tell young kids about God and let them know of the great and marvellous things he has done in my life. For Tiffany, beauty is enjoyable, but if it's not matched by inside qualities such as peace, fulfilment and concern for others, it's a hollow and small approach to life. Tiffany has discovered a beauty that lasts beyond the whims of fashion, and she's learnt to accept herself. She's also discovered the wonder of knowing she is accepted by God, in whose eyes she and Miss Universe are on precisely the same level. Tiffany sought and found God's kingdom. Now, you don't have to be a prospective model like Tiffany to be tricked into thinking small. The beauty or hunk myth can fool any one of us. And you don't have to end up in a wheelchair either before you can see through that myth. God's kingdom is open to everyone. If we believe that life is more than food and the body more than clothes, just as Jesus said, the obvious question to ask is, will we take Jesus' advice and seek his kingdom? Hope 103.2 Thanks for listening.